Hello, sweet sisters, and welcome to Cosmic Conceptions, a place where we acknowledge that women are of nature and the stars. My name is Athena, and I'll be your guide as we explore esoteric transmissions on fertility astrology, conscious conceptions, women's health, and more. Here we will not shy away from the radical, the controversial, or the spiritual. So grab your tea, and let's get cosmic. Hi everyone, how is it going? I am just popping in here to make a couple announcements ahead of getting into this episode. So first of all, I want to thank you all so much for your support for the inaugural episode of this podcast. It feels really good to be seen for doing this work and to know that you are all so excited about what we're going to talk about here and that you understand the value of what we're going to talk about because it is really undervalued in our current culture. So that being said, this episode, we're going to be getting into the foundation of what is a cosmic conception journey. So we're going to explore what is our cosmic fertility. We're going to explore what a conscious conception even really is and how it all comes together to form the magical experience that is the cosmic conception. So that being said, the first announcement is that this episode is going to be accompanied by some bonus material for you. If you listen to this and you feel like, wow, this sounds really nourishing and juicy and magical, but I just don't really know how to orient to being in preconception. Whether you are just starting out, whether you're holding the intention in your mind that it's somewhere that you want to be in the near future, whether you're already deep into it and you feel like something is missing, you're not weaving in the spiritual practices you'd like to, you're not nourishing your body as well as you think you might be able to, wherever you are uh, in this process, this journal is going to be for you. So it is a free downloadable PDF. Uh, I've deemed it the Cosmic Conception Journal because it is filled with prompts for your self-reflection to help you attune more deeply into spiritual, emotional, and somatic nourishment. And these prompts have been laid out in two different ways. So whether you're an analog diary keeper or whether you just would prefer to type directly into fields within a PDF for your own um, record keeping or processing, uh, this journal is going to provide both of those methods for you to engage with. If that sounds supportive for you, you'll be able to download a link to that PDF through the show notes or directly through Substack. Now, if you would like to go even deeper in receiving one-on-one personalized support for your preconception experience. The second announcement I have for you is that I'm running a sale on my signature offering, Infertile Moon. So Infertile Moon uh, provides one-on-one fertility astrology counseling for women on cosmic conception journeys. So you could either be looking to prepare your body in alignment with a cosmic conception, or maybe you are so deep into your experience already and moving through what the medical paradigm calls infertility. Either way, this is going to be extremely supportive for you. It provides 
a 90-minute one-on-one counseling session. I do two to three hours of calculations and chart reading ahead of that session with you. So I really do come prepared, already kind of getting a glimpse into what the energetics of your situation looks like. You're also going to receive a PDF fertile transit report that's going to outline your fertile moon windows for the next six months, as well as how your fertility transits and the fertility transits of your partner are factoring into those fertile moon windows. You will also get a PDF of your medical astrology report. So that report is going to include a computer drawn version of your chart by me. It's going to outline your sun sign, your moon sign, your constitutional analysis, and therefore any elemental planetary or herbal remedies that can help support all of that information. There's also going to be personalized recommendations in that report for you based on our conversation. It's really important to me that you understand that I don't just use the chart the way that a physician would use lab work, okay? You're not a series of calculations on a piece of paper. You also are a human who has free will and can control her destiny um, and have lived experiences. And so in addition to what I see in your transits and in your natal chart placements, I also deeply take into consideration you as a unique human with experiences um, that may or may not align with what we're seeing for whatever reason. So all of this is going to come together and be explored in the one-on-one 90-minute session. It's really important to me that not only are you educated and equipped with information about your astrological uh, energetic body, but also about what is required of you as a human being on this planet who needs to be engaging with what I call earth-based medicines. And it sounds like a lot uh, to sift through and it sounds like it may seem really complicated, but I promise you I make it extremely easy for you to understand and integrate. So if this sounds like something that would be supportive for you in your current process, you can take $75 off that offering with the code podcast until the next full moon on August 1st. And a link to that offering will be in the show notes. Of course, please reach out to me or leave a comment if you have any questions. Uh, I hope that the free PDF and I hope that this sale will be supportive for you. Um, I don't want to talk your ear off about any of it anymore. So let's get directly into the episode. Today, we're really going to break down what cosmic fertility and conscious conceptions are. These two ideas are going to be the foundation for all of the work that we're going to explore through this channel. So I really want to make sure you understand what I'm talking about when I'm using these words. Let's begin with cosmic fertility. So I define cosmic fertility as being the astrological influence on a person's biological fertility and their unique karmic paths into parenthood. Now, I'm primarily speaking to you women through my platform, but of course, the astrological placements also impact male fertility as well. So that's why I use the word person. So let's review that again. 
cosmic fertility, the astrological influence on a person's biological fertility and even their unique karmic paths into parenthood. So these influences, the astrological influences that I'm referencing here are influenced or are channeled, excuse me, primarily through the lunar cycle, especially for women, but they are also affected by other planetary placements. And we're going to get into some of those placements in future episodes because there are a lot of transits and planetary influences that impact things like your overall fertility and miscarriages, uh, the the receptivity and health of your womb. So there's a lot there that we can explore, but let's just begin with the overarching idea of what cosmic fertility is. So I want to read to you some quotes from the book, The Lunar Cycle by Francesca Nash. I love this book because it was published in my birth year, first of all. And back then, I can only imagine that this type of approach to women's fertility must have seemed so immensely out there and unapproachable. And I really commend um, this woman for publishing such a beautiful, incredible book on astrological fertility, as she calls it. But I want to read you some quotes from the book because she really uh, provides a lot of examples on how more ancient indigenous cultures understood that the moon was really intrinsically connected to female cycles, as well as not only the fertility of our bodies, but also the fertility of the planet, which I believe are quite interconnected and why we're seeing so much difficulty for women in the realm of infertility. So let's begin with a quote here. I'm just going to go through all of them so you can kind of get a sense of where we're coming from when we talk about the moon and how she affects our experience. Um, So Francesca says, the moon is inseparably connected to women and fertility. Most primitive people have considered the moon's influence as necessary for growth. This applies to women's capacity to bear children, the reproductive ability of animals, and the germination and growth of seeds and plants. In some cultures, women wishing to conceive would sleep with their bellies exposed to the light of the full moon. And I'll just interject here. I love that point because it really will connect with some of the more modern understandings we have about our relationship with light and how important having that relationship um, is to our fertility and our well-being. And maybe we'll do a whole separate episode on that in the future. So back to the book, she says, the moon is known as influencing birth as well as conception. The special relationship of women, the moon and growing things was often manifested in primitive peoples by giving the women charge over the cultivation of the crops, which were of course sown and harvested at certain times of the moon. The germination and growth of plants was seen to have a relationship with these phases and women as having a monthly or lunar cycle of bleeding. This could result in menstrual blood being thought itself to have properties of fertility and being used as a fertilizer for plants. 
Some other notes here on where the words for menstruation um, come from, because I know it's very popular these days for women to want to remove the word men from things. So you see these kind of spinoffs like we're women or women with a Y instead of an E or whatever. I... I think we're all trying very hard here to kind of separate ourselves from our patriarchal past. But in reality, the reason why the word men is in a word such as menstruation is because mens is derived from Latin, meaning moon, or the Greek word for moon, which is mene. So the full word menstruation actually means moon change. It has nothing to do with men. It actually has to do with our connection to the moon. Um, She also notes that Robert Brifault in his work, The Mothers, demonstrates many examples of this connection. The Maori term for menstruation is mata marama, meaning moon sickness, and the moon is believed to have triggered the menarche or beginning of menstruation by touching the girl in her sleep. The Papuans believe that a period is the result of intercourse between the moon and the girl. German peasants call menstrual bleeding the moon, and the French the time of the moon. The Mandigo, the Sussex, and the Congolese have the same words for both moon and menstruation. So there are a lot of examples in our history in various cultures all around the world that really understood how interconnected we were with the moon's cycles, specifically in regards to women and women's fertility cycles. Now, the aspect to our cosmic fertility that I primarily focus on and primarily educate women about involves their fertile moon phase. And we are going to dig a little deeper on this in the next couple episodes. But the short of it is, is that at the time that you were born, the moon was in you know, her own unique phase. So we often think about phases such as, you know, the full moon or the new moon um, or the first quarter moon or the last quarter moon. There's a specific um, arc that the moon is in in terms of her distance away from the sun when you were born. And that specific phase renders you astrologically fertile at in the future period of your life when you're in your childbearing years and you start experiencing menstruation. So this phase that the moon is in at the time of your birth is what I call the fertile moon phase, your unique fertile moon phase. So to make it very simple, if you were born under a full moon, that means during your childbearing years when you're bleeding, not only will you be potentially fertile when you are physiologically ovulating, but you'll also experience an astrological fertile window when the moon is full because the moon has returned to the phase that it was in at the moment of your birth. So it sounds really, again, fascinating, but also kind of out there. And how can the moon really have that much of an impact on whether or not I conceive a baby? Uh, We are going to get into kind of the science about how this could be happening. And of course, as we move forward with this podcast um, and bringing women's stories into the space, I think you'll be able 
able to see that our fertile moon phases really do indeed have such an impact on whether or not we're conceiving, whether or not we're avoiding conception. Sometimes it even impacts the flow of our cycles and when we're ovulating, when we're bleeding, if we have an increase in fertile cervical mucus when we shouldn't be, all that kind of stuff. So that's what we're really uh, focusing on when we're exploring our cosmic fertility. And a lot of times when women write me messages about, oh man, I, I just learned about this and now I'm looking back through my calendar and this is when I conceived my baby and or this is when I have extra spike in my fam charts of cervical fluid and it's like, wow, like I didn't know that it was like really real. And I always say, welcome to your cosmic fertility. <laughs> I also love to remind women who are skeptical that, you know, even if you are not cultivating a relationship with the moon, she is in relationship with you. And I think a lot of us begin to understand this about a lot of aspects of our natural world, especially when we're living a more conventional, cut off from nature type of lifestyle. And then we kind of break into our wild womanness and we start understanding our cycles. We start understanding the seasonal cycles. And then we expand out into understanding the lunar cycle. And you really begin to see how everything plays a role in every Everything is present and everything is interconnected. And those connections and those relationships were always there, of course, even during the years when you weren't conscious of them. If you go back to the first episode of this podcast, I tell you a little bit about the story of the conception of my daughter during my Saturn return, in which I had no idea how really the conception was even possible. Um, and if I had more details at the time in terms of you know tracking body literacy, maybe I would have been able to discover that she was actually a fertile moon conception as well, which I would not be surprised in the least. So even though we might not be aware that these relationships are occurring, they are absolutely real and they are absolutely taking place around us, through us, and for us. And when we can start to really understand this information and bring it into our lives in a way that we feel like we can then understand our experiences on a new level, then you start to really play with your role as a co-creator with the universe and a co-creator with your fertility and with your blood mysteries. And that's really where the magic happens. Next, let's dive into conscious conceptions a little bit here. So conscious conceptions seem to be gaining a little bit of traction in terms of a concept, uh, which I think is extremely important and very needed within our culture because we're not really taught to prepare for or care about the preconception space in any way. Most women working within the system, if they are seeing a gynecologist before they try to conceive or even just thinking generally about doing something before trying to conceive a baby. Most women in our culture are basically getting off of hormonal birth control pill and taking a prenatal vitamin, which is so 
it, it not doesn't even to me fall into a category, the category of consciously preparing for calling in a child. Uh, I think uh, a while back on my Instagram page, I made a post that stated that conscious conceptions are an opportunity to nourish the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of not only the souls coming through you, but the mother-to-be, the family unit, and therefore the collective at large. So there are a lot of different branches to conscious conception that can be considered. We can be looking at your physical health. We can be looking at your emotional health, which I actually think is a really big part that a lot of people are not thinking about, mostly because our culture doesn't really encourage or nurture emotional well-being in general, but then also later as an adult, how to heal from all of the kind of childhood programs and traumas and family dynamics and all of that kind of stuff. So we usually just sort of bypass that. Most people do so by binge drinking in their 20s, only to then in their early 30s now decide that they want to have a baby, like I said, get off hormonal birth control, maybe take a prenatal vitamin aren't doing, aren't looking at any of their, and none of their shadows, none of their programs. Um, and you know, that can only be avoided for so long when you're calling in a child, because if you do call in a child, that child is going to provide the exact mirror that you need to elevate through the work that you didn't do ahead of the child arriving. Now, some people cannot handle doing that work. And then this is how we pass on generational trauma, right? Because instead of understanding that the child is co-creating a more elevated way of being with you as the parent, we kind of end up collapsing into this idea that they're out of control or a nuisance or aggravating or triggering. And then instead of working through that and doing something about it in a conscious way, we just end up projecting onto them in reaction, all of the same things that our parents, you know, projected onto us during our childhood experience. So the emotional aspect to conscious conceptions can really sometimes be even more important than looking at the physical stuff, especially if you consider our health to really be a reflection of our emotional and vibrational state. Sometimes the physical inputs that we utilize to try to correct our, our health and our healing are end up being less important than the emotional energetic stuff. So then, of course, there's also the spiritual branch of conscious conceptions and working in partnership, uh, you know, with your partner to call in that child. If you've ever gone down the path of looking into Ayurvedic traditions and stuff like that, I mean, some cultures have entire rituals that unfold and occur before lovemaking happens in order for the, the, the partnership to collectively together call in a child. I notice that a lot of times women are navigating the preconception space sort of in a vacuum Um, and sometimes even in partnerships that are not really on the same page with them in terms of their fertility goals. So it's just kind of interesting to think about how that is going to influence the success of how you're calling in that child and um, the soul that is ultimately going to come through you. 
So that's another aspect to this in terms of identifying what a conscious conception is. Now, I used to joke that my daughter was an unconscious conception because, you know, she was a surprise conception and I had no idea. I had no intention. I was not preparing for a baby at all. Um, So I used to joke that it was an unconscious conception. And yet at the same time, if you are willing to go there with me, the souls that come through us are ultimately co-creating that conception with you, right? They are choosing you and there are reasons why they are choosing you. And the astrological placements can have an it can have an impact on this. Our karmic paths can have an impact on this. So there's no shame or no like there should be no like oh I'm a bad mother oh I did a terrible thing I like unconsciously called in my child or I didn't prepare my body for my child. It's all perfect. It is exactly unfolding as it is supposed to for you and that soul that chose you to come through you at that time. So let's not get too hung up on this kind of perfection, these perfectionist archetypes that are sort of being echoed back to us through the wellness sphere, okay? However you conceive your child is ultimately going to be perfect for the both of you. Um, It is a co-creative experience. So how can I reassimilate this for you? When we are trying to have or call in a conscious conception, what we are doing is cognitively, spiritually, physically choosing and preparing for the conception of our children however they need to come through us and electing to do the work that we feel we need to do in order to co-create what we want that experience to look like. Okay. This is about you saying, I want to have a child. These are the things that I want to explore and improve on my journey to have that child. And ultimately I am going to open myself up to the way in which this path is meant to look for the both of us. Okay, so let's review. You have your cosmic fertility, the astrological influence on a person's biological fertility and their unique karmic paths into parenthood. Then you have your conscious conception, which is ultimately just you choosing to prepare for and call in a child with intention. These two concepts come together to form what I call the cosmic conception journey. So this is meant for the woman who is on a conscious conception journey, but is now harnessing her cosmic fertility and incorporating that into her process and engaging with the spiritual aspects of channeling a child through our womb space, ultimately not playing into the kind of victimized status that our culture places upon women who are trying to have a baby, but rather surrendering into the grander process and spiritual journey that is co-creating a life with the universe. All right, so how does that feel? How does that land for you in your body? 
I'm so curious. Um, let me know. I'm going to put a link to where you can reach me in the comments. And before we go, I want to leave you with another quote uh, to help you really ground into your wildness and what that really means. And this quote comes from Laura Gutman's book, Maternity, Coming Face to Face with Your Own Shadow. This book is an excellent read, especially if you're in the preconception period. But of course, it's never too late to open your awareness up to this information. So I'm going to read a couple quotes that I pulled out of that book. So she says, when we affirm our relationship with nature, wild and untamed, we acquire knowledge, vision, inspiration, intuition, and life itself vibrates both inside and outside of us. I say wild in the original sense of the word, which means living a natural existence. This wild quality becomes part of a woman's instinctive fundamental nature. It is the knowledge of this nature that allows us to perceive the sound of our internal cadences and live by that rhythm to avoid losing spiritual balance. When we become indifferent to the basic source, we lose our instincts and our natural vital cycles succumb to culture, intellect, or ego. It is the wildness in her that makes a woman healthy. Without including her wild side, female psychology fails to make sense. Sending you lots of love. See you next time.